recorded at the Vanamali Gita Yogashram Rishikesh North India situated on the banks of the holy river Ganga at the foothills of the Himalayas this is the 14th talk in the series and is on the 13th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita it is entitled Kshetra Kshetratnya Vibhaga Yoga or the Yoga of distinction between the field and its knower. Samajit Tattvam Nishtanishto Bhapattishu 
This is true knowledge. The whole of physical existence must be considered as a field of the spirit's constructions. The field or kshetra is the object on which consciousness operates. So the kshetra or field in the individual is the body, the mind and intellect and senses. And universally it is the whole of cosmic manifestation. The knower of this field or kshetratnya both individually as well as in the universe is the Lord himself. In each embodied creature there is only one and the same knower, one and the same consciousness. But its knowledge of the world differs because it is deflected by the consciousness passing through the limited body. In the human being, however, the seemingly small consciousness, which is really an all-consciousness, can enlarge itself to its universal size. Physically, all of us are the microscosm in the macrocosm, and the macrocosm also is a body or field inhabited by the same spiritual knower, the Kshetraknya. The totality of the lower Prakriti, as we behold it, is the field of action of the consciousness or spirit. In more poetic words, we might say that Prakriti is the playground for Purusha. Now the Lord goes on to explain Prakriti. First, there is the indiscriminate, unmanifest en energy of Prakriti, from which come the five elementary states of matter, earth, air, fire, water, and ether. Then comes the sub subjective evolution of the mind, intellect, and ego, the five senses, and their corresponding objects. This is the constitution of the Kshetra, or of field or object of knowledge. The qualities of pleasure, pain, desire and aversion are the qualities employed by lower prakriti so that the ego in her might enjoy the universe. Both these negative and positive reactions are inferior to the true spiritual experience. These qualities constitute the nature of our first transactions with the field of prakriti. But this is not the limit of our possibilities. Even in our knowledge of this field, we know how the trained human intellect is capable of finer and finer discriminations in all objects of the senses. For instance, the musician can discern nuances which the untrained ear can cannot even hear. The gourmet can appreciate flavors which we do not notice. So the human intellect is capable of tremendous discernment. After having exhausted the possibilities of the field, the jiva at last turns its attention to the knower of the field, which is none other than the inmost reality in himself. The object of his knowledge now becomes the knower himself or the kshetrakya.
This Kshetratnya is thus Nyayam, or that which is to be really known. And this new orientation of the Jiva is the beginning of the dawn of wisdom or Jnanam. Kshetra Kshetratnyot Jnanam Yatat Jnanam Madam Mama. The real understanding of the field and the know of the field is true knowledge. All other knowledge is only knowledge of the kshetra or the field. It cannot contact the kshetratnya or the knower of the field. All physical knowledge, however extraordinary, is only knowledge of lower prakriti and misses out on the true and vital knowledge of the Purusha or the knowledge of the Spirit. Both are in truth Brahman, but this truth of nature can be discovered only by one who knows the truth of himself. In the next few verses, the Gita enumerates twenty values or collection of qualities of the mind, in the presence of which this knowledge of the unity of the spirit and matter can take place. We have already noted how the intellect can be trained to appreciate and differentiate between minute changes in the world of the senses. So also our inner equipment of the mind and intellect can be trained to have those qualities which form a basis on which the true knowledge of the highest self can be comprehended. Without these basic qualities of our character, the knowledge can never take place, however competent the teacher and however authentic the teaching. An ignorant child can have the best teacher and the teaching itself can be of the highest type but with all this, he can never understand the quantum theory. The same is the case here. There are certain fundamental qualities of character which are a prime requisite for the dawning of the spiritual knowledge in the mind of man. These qualities are enumerated here. This enumeration is not just for superficial reading. Each is a value in itself and has to be assimilated in our character before it can open the doors of the Spirit for us. The first are Amanitam, Adambitam, Ahimsa, Shanti, Arjun, absence of pride and hypocrisy, non-violence, forgiveness and rectitude. The Lord keeps absence of pride or humility in the vanguard of the list for a very special reason. Even if we possess all the other 19 qualities listed here, if we do not have humility, the entire edifice would crumble. Purity of mind and body, a self-controlled heart given over to the worship of the preceptor or guru, whether in one's own heart or to the embodied master, without clinging attachment to family and home, 
a keen perception of the illusory nature of ordinary life. With its aimless absorption in worldly trivialities, starting with birth and ending with death, a meditative mind turned away from the hustle and bustle of the cities to the lonely places, and a burning desire to know that which really matters, a realization of the purpose and goal of life and an unswerving devotion to God is a great qualification. This constant turning of the mind to the eternal is the most important aspect of yoga. To be fixed on the impermanent is to accept mortality. When the jiva allows itself to be tyrannized by the appearances of the lower nature and misses the true meaning of life, it goes about whirling in the cycle of births and deaths to move towards God and to feel an aspiration for God is the birth of wisdom. Everything else is ignorance according to the Lord. So the qualities which impel us to this knowledge are themselves termed jnanam or knowledge by the Gita though they are not to be confused with actual jnana, which is the knowledge of the self, the nature of which he goes on to describe. Brahman is that which is both transcendent and universal. In its supracosmic state, it is transcendent. But after having gained this knowledge, we see the world as being other than what it appears to the mind and senses. For then we see the universe not as a whirl of mind and matter, but as the eternal Brahman. Having said what is knowledge, the Lord goes on to say what is Nayam or that which should be known. This, of course, is the supreme noble or Brahman. It is bodiless yet million-bodied spirit which ha with hands of strength and feet of swiftness on all sides, whose heads and eyes and faces we see wherever we turn, whose ear is listening to the silence of eternity as well as to the music of the world. This is the universal being in whose embrace we all live. It is the perce perceiver of all sense objects, but has no sense organ, without attachment and without attributes, yet the enjoyer and sustainer of all attributes. Attached to nothing, it supports in immortal freedom all the action and movement of its universal prakriti. He is at once the inner and the outer, the far and the near, the moving and the unmoving. He is the subtlest of all subtleties which is beyond our grasp, as well as the density of force and substance which we can see. Though indivisible, he seems to divide himself in innumerable forms. All is eternally born from him as Brahma, sustained in his eternity as Vishnu, 
and taken eternally back into him as Shiva. He is the light of all lights, the luminous beyond all the darkness of our ignorance. Jyodisham abhidat jyodi tamasap paramuchyade. He is both knowledge as well as the object of knowledge, both jnanam and niyam. One does not have to go to universities to seek this knowledge, for he is seated in the hearts of all. Hridi sarvasya vishtidam. The spiritual knowledge that floods the mind of the seeker is this spirit manifesting himself in the obscurity of ignorance, seated in their hearts and directing them as and when the time comes. In an ascending scale of knowledge, he plays many roles, seated within the heart of the jiva's body. First, he is said to be Uvadrashta, the witness. In the primitive stages of human existence, man is only bothered about the satisfaction of his physical life. He eats when he is hungry, sleeps when he is sleepy, and so on. At that time, the self in him plays a quiescent role of the witness. Then, when, with the dawn of moral consciousness, the jiva starts examining each action and judges it as right or wrong. And then the self enacts the role of anumanta, or guide, who approves or disapproves. The voice of conscience, however dimly, is starting to be heard. The next stage, the jiva realizes the existence of its maker, who is also its master and support, Bharta. In the next stage, the Diva dedicates the fruit of all action to him and realizes that he alone is the enjoyer and not merely the support. The Jiva has now reached a stage when through the instrument of his body, the Lord enjoys the world of his creation. At last, the jiva comes to a state when he realizes that nothing is in him. Everything is given over to that Lord of Lords, the great Maheshwara. Ubadrashta Anumanta Bhartha Bhokta Maheshwara Paramatme Vichapyukta Dehesman Purushapara The Supreme One, seated within the body, thus enacts these different roles in the jivas ascend to him. With the realization of this eternal and universal Godhead within himself, he becomes truly liberated. The spirit and nature, Purusha and Prakriti, are only two aspects of the eternal Brahman, and they are both eternal. The modes of nature and her lower forms have an origin and an end. They seem to change constantly, and the embodied soul also appears to change. But this is only an illusion. It is changeless. Nature creates and acts. Purusha enjoys her creation and activities. But in these interior actions, the divine enjoyment is obscured and distorted by the dualities of pleasure and pain, etc., Seated in the bodies of all creatures, the Supreme Lord watches her ac actions, 
sanctions her operations and enjoys with his universal delight this play of her forms of his own being gaining this knowledge the jiva however it might have to act in its outward transactions with nature yet in itself it is free and no longer bound to birth and rebirth true knowledge shows us our highest self as the supreme lord of the action of prakriti equal in all creatures not born by taking a body not subject to death by the perishing of that body that is true seeing when we see that in us which is eternal and immortal when our inner eyesight is opened and we see this truth we can be called seers as the all pervading ether is not changed or affected by the forms it assumes but remains always pure and subtle so the spirit even though permeating all species and conditions of change remains the same pure and immutable <clears throat> the spirit of kshetrakya within illumines the entire field of nature of kshetra with its own truth in all the splendor of its rays as the one sun illumines the entire world in the light of that sun all knowledge is revealed without the sun our eyes though good are useless to us it is only with the coming of dawn that our eyes also open and can be put to use so also when the sun of spiritual knowledge dawns in us our third eye opens the eye of wisdom and then only can we discern the truth of existence the thought which the lord has given to us in this chapter is one which has already been told to arjuna in the second chapter itself but at that time he was not capable of imbibing its full meaning but evolving through the teaching of each chapter he has reached the stage when he can realize this great truth which the lord reiterates the truth that you are not the body you are not the mind you are not the intellect you are the immortal eternal soul the changes of the body cannot affect you its pains and its pleasures its trials and its tribulations you are above all these for you are the immortal faultless indestructible flawless transcendental brahman this truth has been clarified to arjuna in this chapter thus knowing the difference between the kshetra and the kshetrati of body and spirit the jiva attains liberation hari om tat sat om
श्री राम